Are you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Live on Purpose. This is the podcast that helps you to do just that, to live on purpose. We're glad that you're back with us. And thank you for spreading the word. We are just soaring in our subscriptions to this podcast, and that's because you have found value in it. You're sharing it with your friends and neighbors. Please keep spreading the word. We just really appreciate that. And we're having a great time here in the Live on Purpose studios in beautiful downtown Orem, Utah, where we broadcast every week a new episode uh, with some exciting guests, some great topics, and everything else to, to give you the resources and opportunities to live on purpose. That's why we're here. That's what we're coming at you again with today with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And I want to first introduce my guest for today. I've got another great guest in studio with me. This is a personal friend of mine, an associate that I've known for several years, a business partner, an all-around great guy who's doing some wonderful things in the world. I want to introduce to you Sergeant Charlie Wakamatsu from the Orem Police Department. Say hello, Charlie. Hello. Thanks for having me on tonight, today. Uh, I'm sure glad to have you with me. We've, there's a lot of reasons why I invited a law enforcement officer sworn law enforcement officer, to join me here on the show today. And, Charlie, I want to pick your brain a little bit as we get into the program about some things that uh, are really important to me, especially as a parent. And those of you who know Dr. Paul very well at all know that parenting and raising kids and meeting the obligations and stewardships that you have as a parent... Those are near and dear to my heart, and it's an important issue. Now, why would I invite a police officer to come and talk about that? Well, Charlie, you and I both know that there are some specific reasons for that, and I'll share some of those as we get a little farther into the program. But before we go to that, would you please take just a few minutes and introduce yourself? I know you've had some some very... Uh, specific experience in in both law enforcement and also in program development for kids. So That's correct. Can you give us some of your background, just kind of where you started, where it went from there, why you are where you are, and what you're doing now? Sure. I've been in law enforcement now for about 23 and a half years. I started off my police career in Honolulu, Hawaii, back in 1984. And I was a police officer there for four and a half years. Spent most of my time, my time in uh, Honolulu and in downtown Waikiki. Uh, I was uh, a foot officer down there in Waikiki. Uh, worked the receiving desk in, the Honol- in uh, Honolulu. I also uh, worked in an intelligence enforcement unit, uh, which was dealing specifically with Japanese organized crime in Hawaii. 
And after leaving... I didn't know that part. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Because of my uh, Japanese speaking ability, Mm -hmm. uh, they tapped me into that uh, organization to work uh, organized crime uh, with Japanese infiltration in Hawaii, uh, money laundering and so forth. Interesting. interesting. Uh Uh, I left there four and a half years later back in 1988 to come here to Orem City and have been working here ever since for the past 19 years. Uh, started off on patrol, uh, was promoted to sergeant, um, and then I was in the uh, community education division uh, where we taught program like Officer Friendly, uh, the D.A.R.E. program, and now most currently the uh, NOVA Principals program. And uh, I want to get back to that a little later in the program because there's some things about NOVA Principals that I'm really excited about. And uh, you did a, a radio show with me. Oh, six, eight months, six, ago? eight months ago yeah. through the producer revolution network. And we talked about it on that show. Some of, some of the listeners may be familiar with you because of the show that we did there. And we talked about the Nova principles program. If, if you're interested in checking that out, you can go to Nova principles.com. And there's some introductory things there at that website that will familiarize you with this program. But Charlie, one of the ways that I got to know you was through the work that you were doing with the Nova Principles program. Yes. And um, in my background, a big part of my, uh, um, my practice has been with children and families and adolescents. And this is also the area that you were focusing on in your community education. That's correct. Piece of what you do for the, for the Orem Police Department. So we started having some discussions about what it is that our kids are facing nowadays. And this is the reason that I invited you onto the show with me. Think about this for a minute. There are some real risks out there in our world. Now, you're over there nodding because you see it every day, don't you? Every day. You see it, and you're dealing with it in a way that a lot of people don't have an opportunity to do. Yes, unfortunately, and both fortunately, because then I get to see... The, the bad side, and then it helps me and with my family teach them about what not to do, and hopefully they'll have the good side in life. Well, you get uh, quite a perspective as a police officer. You're dealing with things as they have gone wrong, you know, at least on the patrol end of things, and then in your community education assignments, you're doing the preventative stuff to try to create an environment for these kids where they won't get into the same kinds of pitfalls and troubles that some of these other uh, people fall into. Correct. Most of police work is nothing more than picking up Humpty Dumpty after he's fallen on the off the wall and broken into a million pieces mm-hmm. and people say, fix him, and you can't. Mm-hmm. So I have a chance now in the prevention part to do proactive steps to prevent Humpty from mm-hmm. falling off in the first place. That's right. Well, and I know that you've done some things related to safety too. I've seen you in my kids' schools, for example, teaching these safety programs and and the officer-friendly program. So let's talk about safety for just a minute. Safety is important because of the inherent risks that exist in our world. And so to put some context around that, I'd like everyone to think for a minute about the risky nature of crossing a busy street. Now that's inherently risky, isn't it? Oh, yes. What could happen? You get run over. <laughs> you get plowed right down, couldn't you? Yep, see it now, happen. Now, you know um, that uh, one of my offices is down there on University Avenue in Provo, which is a neighboring city to Orem, for those of you who aren't familiar with the geography of Utah Valley here. Um, 
University Avenue is one of the busiest streets in Provo. It's the main thoroughfare. There's several lanes each direction, and the traffic is moving right along. Okay, And right outside my window, I've witnessed probably five or six accidents. Just right outside my second floor window, I can see a great view of people getting into pileups. Well, let's just pretend that you and I are standing on the side of the street. And, and Charlie, what we want is on the other side of the street. So we have to cross the street to get it. Yeah, that malt shop. There you go. Yes, the malt shop. So let's just use that as an example. We both want a malt really bad. Okay. Now, we have a couple of different options. It's inherently risky because the traffic is going this way, it's going that way, it's going fast, and it's coming steady. All right. So there's three basic things that you can do with risk. Actually, I've learned since then there's a few more, but I'll have one of my friends who deals in insurance come in and talk about that (laughs) another time because there's some interesting things about how that can apply. But let's just use these three for now. Now, one of the things that you could do is to ignore the risk. Now, if you ignore the risk, what you're going to do is put on a pair of blinders, okay? And you're going to just head on out into the street. Just take some, just go. You're wincing, Charlie. What's the matter? Oh, my goodness. You're going to get plowed over. You've cleaned up a few of those, huh? Yeah. Now, what happens if you ignore the risk? What happens to the danger? Looks like it makes it worse. It increases, doesn't it? Absolutely. You ignore risk, you increase danger. Now, all of you who are parents out there, I want you to think about that long and hard. The risks are there. And this world is presenting all kinds of risks to your children. You know, forget about you for just a minute. What are your kids facing in terms of the risky stuff that's out there in the world? We'll illuminate what some of those are as we get into our discussion. I want you to share your insights about that. If you ignore those risks, you increase the danger, and it's more likely that you're going to get clobbered, or in this case, that your kids are going to get clobbered. Now, you can see that in the street example. So that's one of your options, to ignore the risk. What's another option? You can always um, avoid it. You could avoid the risk, couldn't you? How would you do that? Just don't go crossing the street. No, too risky. Just not going to do it. Right. Sit down right where you are. Nope, not going to go. It's too risky. Not going to take on that risk. But I wanted my malt, but I guess I'm not going to get it. Oh, the malt. That's the problem, isn't it? Well, look at look at that. When you When you avoid the risk, the danger goes down, doesn't it? Yes. You're actually safer now. But the catch is you don't get what you want. Okay? I can't get it. If I stay on this side of the street, I'm not going to get the malt. Sure, I could send you, but then you'd have to go incur the risk, right? Yep. So avoiding the risk does decrease the danger, and that's why people like to do that one. And they do this all the time in their lives, don't they? Yes. Where, where they see something, oh, I can't do that. Oh, oh, I could never do that, you know, and and just get paralyzed by the fear. All right, well, what's the third thing that you could do with the risk? If if you don't want to ignore the risk because that increases the danger and you don't want to avoid the risk because that takes away your opportunities, then what's another option? Managing it. I like that word. Yeah, perfect. You manage the risk. And in the street example, what we're going to do is take a little walk. 
All right, we're going to go about a half a block one direction or the other. It's not really directly toward our goal because we're going down the street. And we're going to come to a place called a crosswalk where there's a traffic signal. We're going to wait for the signal to change. And then we're just going to barge into the street, right? Oh, no, no, no. What are you going to do? Well, what do you teach the kids to do? Normally, you stop, look, and listen. And <laughs> if there's a button, you can push that button to wait for that white walking man sign to let, let you know it's safe to cross. That's right. You wait for the signal, but even when the signal says it's okay, you're still going to look, aren't still you? Still going to look. You're still going to use some caution. So this is managing the risk. Now, it takes a little more time. It takes a little more intentional effort. It takes a little bit of what I call living on purpose to do this. But what happens to the risk? Wow, now you can manage it and make it go pretty much away. Now, it's not gone completely. Not completely. But it's close enough to zero that it's tolerable. Yes. And you still get what you want. You can go to the other side of the street. We're going to pick this up again right after this break. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. If you live in the Utah County area, and if you like what you hear on this program, then this opportunity is for you. I am hosting a weekly mastermind group called Paradigm Insurance every Wednesday from 4 to 5.30 at my office. Call Eric at 801-221-0223 for more details. We prefer an abundant atmosphere, so please wipe your mind before entering. That's 801-221-0223. In 1935, the federal government stopped the minting of pure silver dollars for general circulation. When the dollar coin returned back to circulation in 1971, it was the silverless Eisenhower dollar. This explains why your great-grandfather always had a silver coin in his pocket, and you never have. We're 180 degrees, and we have a pure silver coin with your name on it. If you're a young entrepreneur and feel like you're up for a challenge, contact us immediately at move180.com. That's move180.com. Click on the Contact Us link on the website and include the keyword silver in your information request. We will contact you shortly about how to retrieve your silver coin. While you're there, browse the website to learn more about us. Let's put some silver in your pocket at move180.com.
Okay, so Charlie, before the break, we had talked about these three things that you can do with risk. But I find myself wondering a little bit. I'm not really wondering as much as setting you up, but <laughs> are there really risks out there? What is it that, for our kids, for example, what is it that we need to be watching out for? And you, more than anybody else I know, really, has you have a firsthand knowledge of not only what the risks are that are out there, but what it can do to people in their lives. Yeah. So I want to turn the mic over to you for just a few minutes to talk about what some of those risks are. What? Let's open our eyes, people. Let's just take a really hard look at what's really there, because how are we going to manage that risk if we don't know what the risks are? Yeah. So would you like to take that on for just a few minutes? Sure. I can think of a few. Um, street safety. Walking on the street, crossing the street, something like we just mentioned before about getting to the malt shop or not and how to do that safely. Mm -hmm. uh, kids are always walking to school or walking home from school, walking to the parks, uh, walking in their neighborhood. And with that, not only is there a traffic safety issue, but there's also a stranger issue, which brings us mm -hmm. to the next point, stranger awareness. Uh, Some are stranger than others, too, yes, let me tell you. Exactly. And so when they're out in the streets playing in their neighborhoods or at the park, you always have to deal with the what if a stranger comes up to these kids and, and tells them things like, uh, I need your help, or uh, um, you know, I've lost my dog, or things like that, or give me directions, and, and so forth. And is it bad intentions or not? Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. realistically, people should just understand that strangers should not ask children for help. Uh, ask adults. And so if children mm -hmm. know that, then they're not going to want to talk to strangers either because it could be a bad stranger. In school, there's risks in school, dealing with bullies um, and so forth, um, even strangers at school too, uh, in the playgrounds and so forth. Uh, terrorist attacks, we've had that happen before in different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. We also have mm -hmm. bike safety issues, home safety issues, when parents are are gone from home maybe for 10, 15 minutes to go to the grocery store or even up to a couple hours, and they have maybe a little bit older uh, children at home that could babysit. And what if a person knocks on the door? Or what if they call on the telephone? Or, or a situation like that could happen. Somebody's trying to break into their house when their parents are gone. So those are some risks. The risks of drugs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, out there um, is huge. And the, and the potential devastation that could happen from drug use is just phenomenal it's just horrible and then we have the risks involved with media and so forth as well including including the internet and yes. chat rooms predators and, and pornography and all that stuff oh you know Charlie, I, th I think i may have mentioned this to you but i was attending a training for um some of my continuing education as a psychologist up in salt lake and one of the breakout sessions was hosted by two agents from the fbi and these were from the Internet Crimes Division, Internet Crimes Against Children Correct, specifically. Yes. And uh, it, was just, it was just chilling, really, to hear them describe the kinds of tactics and strategies that some of the predators are using to create these risks. Now, I don't want to mention all of these things to, to cause everyone to feel alarmed or or upset or negative because the whole gist of our show is to think more positively and get a good focus on on what's going well and what's going right and living on purpose you know there there is an important place however 
for understanding what the risks are so that we can be intentional and purposeful and and do the right thing with it that's going to to accomplish those two objectives we talked about, which is to minimize the risk, bring it to as close to zero as possible, and to maximize your opportunities at the same time. Good. So one of the tools, and and you and I have talked about this as we've developed some curriculum together for the NOVA program. Yes. One of the main tools that we use to teach kids, and I'm going to pass this along to everyone who's listening. I don't care how old you are. This is a principle. This is something that will always be true in any context. And that is that knowledge is power. And I'll let that sink in for just a minute and then I'll correct myself because I misspoke. It's not really, is it? No. How would you modify that statement, Charlie? I would modify it by saying that knowledge is potential power. Yes. It's potential power because it doesn't bring power to your life until and unless... It's applied and used. And uh, you've been up against this before, too. I remember uh, when we first started this NOVA program that uh, there were people who would sometimes come to you when you were teaching in the D.A.R.E. program. It was also an excellent program. Uh, And they would come up to you and say, well, does it really work? Do you have research to show that this works, that this actually keeps kids safe, that it helps them to, to live their life in a better way or whatever? How have you how have you handled that question? Yeah, I would say in the NOVA program, when they would ask that question, I'd say, yes, it does. And uh, mm. I like your analogy of the power tool. Yes. That's a great one. When well, we I, talked about that a little before that. the show. Share that. Yeah. You said, well, do power tools work? Well, yeah. If you plug them in or if it's battery <laughs> operated, the battery's charged and it's in properly. And then you wrap your hands around it and pull the on button or switch the on button on, and if mm-hmm. everything's working as the power tool should, it's going to work. But you have to do certain things in order to make it work. Right. And you just can't say, well, turn on without doing anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. That's right. Uh, you're probably aware that I recently have done some home improvement projects at my place. Yes. And, and uh, as we were doing some of these projects... And uh, my son can relate to this, too. He's over there running the control board today. We got to give him a mic sometime, huh? Sure. Bring Ryan on the show. But um, as we were doing these projects, I I accumulated certain tools to do the projects, too. And I I went out and set these up in my carport. So I had, like, you know, a a chop saw out there and a table saw and some other things to, to help me with this project that I was doing. Well, those darn things didn't do a blinking thing on their own. No. I had to plug them in. Can you believe that? I, that's, in, that's incredible. I had to plug them in. And not only did I have to plug them in, I had to turn them on. Mm. Can you believe this? You didn't have to guide it to cut the board either, did you? You know what? I didn't even think about that. I did oh, have didn't to do, it by do that. <sighs> no. Power tools. Yep. What good, okay. what good are they? See how ridiculous it sounds when we apply that to a power tool? Well, what about some of the principles, the techniques, the ideas, the concepts that you're learning here on this podcast? Or as you do your personal coaching, as you hire a personal coach to, to help you with something, okay? It doesn't just miraculously change your life, does it? No. And if you're listening to this podcast, at least you've turned it on. 
okay? But it's going to take a little bit more than that to apply the principles that we talk about. And it's exactly the same when you're managing risk. We can talk about ideas until you turn blue, until the cows come home, until monkeys start flying out of your ears. And it's not going to make any difference at all unless you apply those principles in your life. I've, I've told my clients sometimes, it doesn't matter if you get this into your heart and head until you get it into your shoes. And that means it's got to walk around in your life. That's when it brings the power. Do you agree with that? 100%. Well, we probably don't need to spend a whole lot more time on that. But, but knowledge is power. Okay, knowledge of what? We've already shared with you this concept of risk. Just knowing that is going to give you some power if you'll apply it. Start looking at your life and seeing how you're currently handling the risks. Now, let's go back specifically to the kids. And this is one reason that you're on the show today, because I want to help our parents out there or any of the kids or teens who might be listening to figure out, okay, what am I going to do with this risky world that we live in? And it's not just a risky world. It's a wonderful world with multiple and abundant opportunities. That's why I don't want you to choose that option of avoiding risk. You could, couldn't you do this, Charlie? In fact, would you recommend to people that they put their kids into a fallout shelter, lock no. the doors. No, seriously, wouldn't that be safer? Yeah, if there was an atomic bomb explosion or something, probably. But Well, this will keep them safe from all kinds of things, won't it? Wow. Yeah, I guess it would keep them safe from getting hurt in football or basketball or something. Oh, and my heavens, don't put a computer in there with oh, them. No, no, no. Too much horrible things you can access. Right. Okay. Now, that's, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. It's like this, um, this cross-stitched picture that I used to see. There was this girl that I was dating in high school. And it was kind of funny because her parents were just a little overprotective. And when, I, when I'd go to pick her up, I thought it was always ironic that this was hanging in her living room. It was a seascape, a cross-stitched seascape. And the wording on it said, a ship in the harbor is safe. But that's not what ships are for. And if you'll think about that with your kids, yeah, you could lock them up. You know what, though? If they're going to lock them up, be, be honest with me. You're going to want to arrest them, aren't you? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> because that's curtailing someone else's rights. We don't really smile on it when parents lock their kids up somewhere and keep them completely isolated from the world. That's considered abusive, isn't it? Yeah. So there's got to be some kind of another answer. And being aware of the risks is the first step. We've talked about that enough to at least raise your awareness about it. Now, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? I think a good option is always get more information. So uh, with that, Charlie, maybe that's a good way to introduce what it is that you're doing to teach kids the knowledge. And what have you found about that? Is there some kind of a predictable general idea that that really helps kids to do this well we play a lot of games uh active learning lessons we call them where they can learn through their own experience that wow if i would have just thought maybe study the situation and think about the cause and effects what would happen if i did this maybe i wouldn't have done that and giving them that knowledge mm. is giving them the tools to then help them understand and make these good choices and then internalize them. Okay, knowledge of what? Knowledge of principles. Principles. Yes. That's what I knew you would get to. 
uh, it's the principles that make the biggest difference in these kids' lives. Now, you use games, learning yes. activities, stories. Last week, I had on the podcast Kirk Weasler. I don't know if you caught that episode, Charlie. I caught part of that. He's one, a yeah. master at storytelling. Just a wonderful uh, way to convey principles to people. And Kirk and I talked about how effective that is. There's a lot of techniques to get the principles in there, but it's the principles that we need to have knowledge of. And then we can take it and go to the next steps, which we will do immediately following this word from our sponsor. Stick with us. Relishing a week with your sweetheart in paradise. Spending that same week with other like-minded couples who live in abundance. Increasing your knowledge through powerful seminars geared toward helping you take your marriage to a new level. This is only a fraction of the value waiting for you on this year's Marital Magic Couples Cruise. Producer Retreats has teamed up with Dr. Paul and Craig Rollo to set the theme for this year's cruise as a more perfect union. Join us on January 26, 2008 as we visit the beautiful Eastern Caribbean Islands aboard Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas. Call 1-800-591-2432 to select your package and book your spot. You can get more details at ProducerRetreats.com. Limited cabins are available for this event, so book today by calling 1-800-591-2432. We'll see you on board. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the Live on Purpose podcast. Please visit my website, drpaul.org. There you can subscribe to my weekly e-zine, Empower. Browse the events page to get connected with what's coming up or pick up some CDs or other great products. I also want to point you toward our sponsors, creationtreecoaching.com and producerretreats.com. Oh boy, having fun at Live On Purpose today. Charlie, we were talking a little bit during the break about some of the techniques that uh, parents can use, that, that other people can use to manage the risk. And the basic idea here is that you always, here's the default answer, get more, more knowledge. And specifically, get more knowledge related to principles. Principles always work in every context. You know, we've talked before about the, about the example of gravity. And uh, if you jump off of a cliff, you're going to fall, you know, every time or just sometimes. Yep, every time. Every stinking time, right? For sure or maybe? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and quite frankly, gravity doesn't care too much. If you're up there thinking, ah, I don't believe in gravity whatever, you know, and then you jump. It didn't care too much. It's still going to pull on you as hard as it did before. And you're going to make the same splat at the bottom. So understanding those principles is always in your best interest. And then as you understand them, you can figure out how to apply them in your life in the way that increases the likelihood for your success and happiness and prosperity and all that great stuff that we're preaching every week. So... Let's uh, let's take this another step. When you 
when you're working with families or with kids or when you're intervening out there in the community, what, um, what seems to work? See, I've got this basic theory that you do more of what works and less of what doesn't. What have you noticed about that? Well, I, I've noticed that, number one, what doesn't work is the yelling and the screaming and the haggling and the nagging. That just seems mm. to drive people further away from each other. And You're talking I, about the techniques that parents could use? Yeah, <laughs> that mm-hmm. I've seen used in the past and still being used. People still do that stuff? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, just the demeaning and the yelling and the screaming and the hollering and out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. It can really, it can really um, be devastating in a family. Um, and then the, on the other hand, I've seen the loving, the caring, the giving the good advice, the wisdom, uh, imparting wisdom and knowledge, and uh, just good, solid principles that help uh, people understand. Uh, I was at a school today talking to a group of uh, sixth graders in a PE class, and uh, it's Red Ribbon Week, and so it's anti-drug type weeks here at the schools, and um, we talked about the cause and effects of using drugs and not yelling at them not getting mad at him or anything, just basically spelling it out. If you do this, then this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still a principle there too of, of choice and, and agency. Yes. And this word agency is an interesting word. You, you say that and people sometimes think of, you know, like uh, someone's professional agent. You know, this is someone who is empowered to make decisions or, or create deals or or close on things in their behalf, right? So agency has to do with this power to choose, this power to move forward with a decision. And each of us has this. And if you don't believe this, those of you who are parents, you can do a really quick test and just ask yourself, have my kids done everything exactly the way that I wanted them to in the past week? Okay, what's the answer going to be for every parent who's listening? <laughs> it's going to be no, right? Of course not. Not everything. Now, some kids are doing things pretty close to the way that their parents want them to. I happen to have some kids who are awesome about that. There are very few things that I would change about how my kids are behaving. And there's a few, right? And there's always a few. Well, that proves something. That proves that it's not me that's running their life. I just got a call from from one of my good friends and a client and someone that I'm consulting with about some just totally boneheaded decisions that his young adult daughter has made in this past week. And it's resulted in in legal charges and jail time and all kinds of things. And he's just left shaking his head. You know, he answered his wife, too. You know, they're, they're just, oh, my heavens. What, and they ask themselves, what did we do wrong? Well, they didn't do anything wrong, you know? And, and that's just to say everyone, kids, adults alike, are going to run their life the way that they choose to run it. Good point. And uh, so demanding that they do something a certain way, that doesn't work, does it? No, I haven't seen it work well. It does not work. I like what you said. Charlie, about taking a loving, informative approach, but then that's also balanced with with a willingness and an ability to set and enforce limits, right? Yes, yes. So, Charlie, you know, you're a police officer. Is it up to you whether somebody goes out and robs the 7-Eleven? Not up to me. 
not up to you. So whether they do or they don't, that's up to them, and you're okay with that. Well, I may not be okay with that, but it is <laughs> their choice. What do you mean not okay with it? It's not up to you. No. <laughs> and that's kind of a trick question. You know, I ask this of parents all the time. Are you okay with that? It's, no, I'm not okay with that. Well, it's not up to you. It's not up to you. So what if we could take an approach of, you know, you can do this or you can do that. Neither way is okay with me. However. Good. <laughs> okay, now here comes the however, right? Yeah. Because every choice has a consequence. Consequence. And the better my choices, the better my consequences. That's a pretty good rule of thumb. Yep. So the consequence if somebody does choose to go knock off the 7-Eleven, what are you going to do as an officer of the law? Well, I'm going to try to stop that action from happening and if I can't, I'm going to try to find out who did it and then make an arrest, put that person in jail so that they won't do it again. And they're going to have to go through a little process we call our legal yep, system, right? Legal system. And this client that I was telling you about has gone through this, you know, as, uh, as they've dealt with that. But it's, um, it's definitely true that everybody's going to make their own decisions. So as parents or as leaders, or as teachers, or as responsible citizens, what can we do? Well, let's do everything that we can to help people to encounter the principles so that they understand what they are, to recognize what those principles are and what they mean in their life, and then to begin to apply them in their life. And you've chosen to do that in a very specific way. In fact, we could introduce that a little bit right now, I think. with We've mentioned this NOVA program, this yes. NOVA Principles program. Could you just tell us basically what that is? What are you doing? I'm, uh, I think some of our listeners might be interested to hear that. Yeah, about, uh, well, this is our fifth year of teaching NOVA in the Orem City uh, schools, in the elementary and uh, in the junior high schools. Uh, we started it, uh, again, about five years ago to replace the D.A.R.E. program, and it's gone very, very well. Uh, we t it's a principle-based program, and we go in there and teach a lot of principles and uh, um, have the students uh, participate in games and activities that will help them learn these principles, internalize these principles so that they can make good choices in their life and see how it works firsthand. Uh, today we talked about knowledge is potential power as one of the principles in one of the classes at the schools I taught at today. And we have some games set up to help teach that principle. And it's amazing because they're getting it. Uh, I tried to, what they call, trick them into doing something. And they says, no, nah, I can see that. That's a trap. That's a trick. And I said, good job. I'm proud of you guys. Over the past several weeks, I've caught you on a couple of little tricky things, and uh, you've learned from that, and now I can't catch you anymore. I can't trick you anymore. You know better because you've mm -hmm. applied these principles that you've learned. And some of these principles that you're talking about are packaged, at least in terms of the NOVA program. We'll just use that as an example because this is one way to communicate principles. Yes. We talked last week about stories and language and there's a lot of different ways to communicate these principles. One of the ones that just came to my mind is one that in NOVA we call STS. Study the situation. Study the situation. STS. The kids really pick up on that. Yes. And I've seen you at work with some of these kids, Charlie. You've got an ability to work with these kids that I think is a gift. And it really has helped a lot of them to understand. And you'll get Thank at the you. front of the room and, and start to entice them. And, and you're trying to get them to, like you said, to trick them, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And these kids, as they start to catch on to the principles, wait a minute, 
you know, and they'll start to study the situation because that's the principle that you've taught them. Study the situation, yes. STS. Yep. Get more information. Yep. When I'm talking with my adult clients, we talk about doing due diligence, okay? You don't want to go into an investment or business opportunity without first doing your due diligence. That means study the situation. Get as much information as you can about that so that you can make a good decision. And as these kids study the situation, well, here's another tool. Think, not fight. As you interact with kids, and this is true for police officers, it's true for parents, it's true for teachers, other people who are working with kids, every interaction you have with them is going to invite them to do one of those two things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. To think or to fight. What do you want them to do? Want them to think. Absolutely. Because if they think, if they turn their brain on and do some good study of the situation, some due diligence. Better outcomes. Better outcomes because they're thinking it through and they're, they're anticipating what would be the consequences of this, this choice, this potential choice. So study the situation. Due diligence. Keep your brain on. Think. Think it through. And as a parent, what are you doing that's going to invite your kids to either think or to fight? Well, a lot of that has to do with your own emotional state. And so what if we could help parents to study the situation. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Oh, boy. And think about it. You know, your teenager comes home an hour late. What do you do? Get mad. (laughs) What are you doing? Is that what you're recommending? No. Sergeant? (laughs) No. What would you recommend? I'd recommend uh, basically right there and then say, oh, could you explain what the reason is? Uh, Get the information. Find out. More knowledge is always better. Study the situation. Exactly. You know, here's here's one way to look at it, too. I've had some parents who are really hesitant to confront their teens or to seek additional information, to find out who they're with, what they're doing, how, because they're afraid of the storm. Yeah. Now, think confrontation. Of it, think of it as a storm for a minute. If I'm sitting here in the studio and I notice through our window here that it's starting to rain and I left my truck window open, What should I do? Go out and close it. Huh. That might be a good idea, right? (laughs) Now, couldn't I go out into the parking lot and curse the storm? Good. Don't you... Don't start. Okay? Yeah, I could. It's not going to do a lot of good. Nothing. How about I just roll up the windows? How about you just weather the storm while you gather more knowledge? Good choice. And then you can turn your brain on and do some good thinking. We'll wrap it up right after this next commercial. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. 
Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. Relishing a week with your sweetheart in paradise. Spending that same week with other like-minded couples who live in abundance. Increasing your knowledge through powerful seminars geared toward helping you take your marriage to a new level. This is only a fraction of the value waiting for you on this year's Marital Magic Couples Cruise. Producer Retreats has teamed up with Dr. Paul and Craig Rollo to set the theme for this year's cruise as a more perfect union. Join us on January 26, 2008 as we visit the beautiful Eastern Caribbean Islands aboard Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas. Call 1-800-591-2432 to select your package and book your spot. You can get more details at ProducerRetreats.com. Limited cabins are available for this event, so book today by calling 1-800-591-2432. We'll see you on board. If you live in the Utah County area, and if you like what you hear on this program, then this opportunity is for you. I am hosting a weekly mastermind group called Paradigm Insurance every Wednesday from 4 to 5.30 at my office. Call Eric at 801-221-0223 for more details. We prefer an abundant atmosphere, so please wipe your mind before entering. That's 801-221-0223. Okay, Charlie, I want to throw a little challenge to all of our parents out there. And then I want to pick your brain about a couple of things. The challenge is this. I know a lot of you really want to have a good relationship with your kids. Great. Awesome. That's what I want too. And I think that there's some ways that I can help you with that if you want to consult sometime. Plus, I did a whole hour and a half CD on this called Parental Power. You can pick that up in the, uh, on the products page of drpaul.org. So feel free to visit my website if you want to get some of those resources. Parenting is near and dear to my heart. I can, I can relate with what you're saying. But here's the challenge. I want you to be first and foremost a parent. Okay? And if you can develop a friendship too, that's awesome. Let's do friendly parenting. <laughs> But you are first and foremost a parent. And that implies a couple of things. One of which is that you get to be nosy. Uh, I set this up a little bit before the break with my example of the storm. Some parents are really hesitant to get involved with what their kids are doing because they're afraid of the storm. Well, if you see a storm coming, just roll up your windows. Don't be afraid of it. Don't curse it. Don't run away from it. Don't demand that it not come. Just roll up your windows. Weather the storm. It's going to pass. I like some of those commercials I've seen on TV where uh, I can't remember the exact uh, the details of it, but it was, it was teenagers who were saying things to their parents like, ah, 
you're always getting involved in my stuff. And then down at the bottom is this translation. Thank you for caring about me. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> you know, uh, they care. Uh, they notice whether you care. And this might be the time where we should put Ryan on the mic, <laughs> get some teenage perspectives on this. But Charlie, since you're on the mic already, could you talk just a little bit about that and what parents should be nosy about? Maybe what they should be looking for. Let's let's not have our eyes closed. Open them up. And don't worry about offending your kids. Just show them that you care. And, and be willing to be wrong. You know, you might notice I, you've got some signs, for example, that you encourage parents to look for to see if there might be a chance that there's some drug use going on, for example, or if there's some inappropriate relationship issues happening or whatever. Okay, there's signs. Now, just because you see the sign doesn't mean that it's happening. So be willing to be wrong about it, but be be loving and caring enough as a parent to be a little nosy too. Good. Yeah. Subconsciously, I think the children want that, even though they may not admit it. I think that there's some truth to that. I think that there is. Security involved. So what kinds of things should they be nosy about? What kinds of things are we looking for? Yeah, uh, probably one of the top things on the list deal with their friends. And uh, are they somehow changing friends from ones that they've had to totally new sets of friends? And what would be the reason for that? Uh, maybe a good idea to find out who these new friends are and, and uh, maybe more about their family life and their parents and, and where they live and so forth. Now, Sh- wait a minute. I'm a teenager now, okay? You don't know my friends. I'd like you to get to. Quit judging my friends. <laughs> you heard that one? Oh, yeah. You are what your friends are, though. Well, and that the research shows, I can chime in here on the, the research shows that you do what your friends do. Yeah. yeah. And so if your kids are hanging out with people who are into the kinds of things that you're hoping your kids won't get into, uh, this is a good thing to be curious about. This is a good thing to be nosy about and to start asking. And especially if your kids become defensive about it, sometimes that means that they've got something they're trying to hide. There's a sign there, yeah. warning sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's a sign. It doesn't mean for sure that all of your worst fears are coming true. It just means open your eyes. Let's just be aware of what the risks are, and then we'll manage them. It could be a very positive thing, a change in friends, but still take notice of it and find out would be very important. Mm -hmm. Uh, A negative change in schoolwork, missing school or declining grades, um, those kind of things. And they're starting to have trouble with their homework or not spending time studying and um, things just aren't going good at school. That could be a good sign mm-hmm. that there's a problem. And especially if that represents a change in what you're used to seeing. Correct. Unless it's a okay. change for the better. They're stuttering, studying more and they're getting better grades. That would be a positive change, but the adverse mm-hmm. would be different. Still something to notice, though, yes. and be curious about. Oh, and that would go good for the praise. I mean, nobody gets enough praise. And uh, that would be just something that you can chime in on and just, wow, look at these grades. They're becoming incredible. Good job. So that would be a good positive thing. Another sign would be maybe um, room deodorants or perfumes on the body or use of incense or something. Uh, could be even maybe bubble gum or breath mints uh, to cover up smells. Oh, now, and you just started to explain that a little bit. I'm thinking some of the parents out there might think, oh, what's the big deal about that? They just want to smell good, right? <laughs> Sometimes they're trying to mask the smell of something Masking, else. Masking, yes. Possibly a smoking thing yes. or, or something. Along yes. those lines. Right. Uh, maybe a change in clothing choices. Uh, maybe 
uh, different clothes that are, are like, uh, whoa, that's kind of looks kind of funny or different than what you've normally been wearing. And that could be a, a sign of change of not only with friends, but a different kind of culture and, and a different kind of mm-hmm. life. And some of the clothing, I've noticed this too, Charlie, that some of the clothing tends to be more defiant in nature. And it's not that it's it's bad or evil in and of itself. It's not. It's just a clothing choice, right? Yeah. And this is the story that they'll tell you. Oh, it doesn't mean this or that. That's true, actually. But what does it mean? Well, it does represent something. It does represent something. And everything that everyone is wearing is an intentional attempt to present themselves in some way. You're wearing a uniform. you got a badge on. What does all this mean? Um, I'm a basketball player. Right. <laughs> it's not that kind of uniform. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie's here today in his police uniform, and it says something about yeah. you, and you put it on on purpose this yeah. morning, didn't you? Sure, I sure did. And I've had people say, well, you're just stereotyping me because I'm wearing these clothes. Well, it wasn't hmm. my choice that you wore those clothes. You put them on. I'm wearing the police officer's uniform, and that means something to everybody who sees it. And you mean people stereotype me too? Well, most of the people who are getting dressed out there are doing it themselves on purpose. Yes. Yes. So just think about that. Yes. What else do you have? Um, I have things like maybe increase in borrowing money. Hey, can I borrow money, Mom? Can I have another five bucks or something like that? That may be a sign that maybe they're needing more money for drugs. Mm. Especially uh, if you don't see where it's going. Right, right. Or maybe it could be all of a sudden in your home medicine cabinet. Hey, wait a second. I thought I had a few extra pills in this bottle for my uh, pain to my leg or my knee or something. Maybe some kind of um, prescription medicine. Something's happening here that's not right. Or conversely, you know, asking for money is a sign, but also somehow coming up with money. Oh, there's another one. All of a sudden, a you're starting to get all these things, and wow, where are they getting them from? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the stories don't always add up, do they? No, okay. not at all. So uh, these are just some signs to look for, and there's others. Yeah. There's there's other signs. What should you do? Good. If you're seeing, what, what's your advice? Yeah, I, I would definitely, um, no matter if you see these signs or not, these are just all around good things to do anyway. Spend time together. Uh, breakfast is a good time early morning. Uh, when they go to school, you may not see them much. When they get home, uh, dinner time is a great time. Uh, in the evening time before they go to bed, get involved with their lives. Spend time together. Go places together. Do things together. Uh, listen and talk with your children. And try to understand, yeah, they have pressures placed on them, just like we have pressures placed on us as parents or if we have a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Try not to be uh, cr- uh, critical or criticize uh, what they do to the point that, well, you're doing this and so you're awful or something. Try not to criticize. Just help them understand that you want to listen to them and you want to talk about certain things uh, that maybe concern you. Keep track of where your children are. What are they doing? Who are they hanging out with? And where are they going? Um, Get them involved with after-school activities, maybe sports, uh, music, dance, different things that will occupy their time that they can do good, constructive things with their life rather than destructive things. As a police officer, I see a lot of kids, uh, youth in the community, who are doing destructive things because they simply have way too much time on their hands. Mm and they're not doing constructive things. I, I like to tell parents that you can either pay for it now or pay for it later. 
And that's why for me and my children, we've always had them involved in sports or music or dance or the arts or something to occupy their time. And it costs money, but mm-hmm. it keeps them out of trouble and, 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 and problems. They just don't have time to get into trouble and have problems. Uh, again, uh, a lot of praise, reward uh, your children for the good things that they, that they do, build up their confidence and, and, their, and their self-esteem, and always uh, be a good positive role model for your children. And obviously, if you don't want your children abusing drugs, using drugs, and so forth, you're not going to want to do them yourself and set that kind of hypocritical example. Mm. Although it may be very difficult to stop if, if you're addicted to these things, um, even if you are addicted and can't stop, at least let them know that this is still not good and look where it could lead to. Mm-hmm. And there's always help and resources available. Lots of it. This is, of I've often told my clients and other associates that life is not a do-it-yourself activity. So why try that? You know, you do everything that you know how to do, but bring other people onto your team who can assist you with that, who can give you some good advice and some coaching. Uh, we have this this coaching company set up for that purpose. Creation Tree Coaching is available to you. You can reach us through the website or give us a call. We'd be happy to consult with you. Now, some things are out of the boundaries of of certain people to deal with. That's true for me. That's true for everybody else. But there are so many resources out there to help you with whatever it is that you're encountering. I think the main thing is to be aware, to raise your awareness, keep your eyes open, realize that there are risks out there. We started this whole program today, Charlie, talking about risks and and how those are real and the dangers exist. Anytime there's a risk, there's a danger. And there's the different things you can do with it. Ignoring it is going to increase your danger. Avoiding it will decrease the danger, sure, but you don't get your opportunity. So manage that risk. Manage it by increasing your knowledge of principle and then finding ways to apply it. Plug it in. Turn it on. Make it work in your life. Charlie, you're doing that in so many ways, and this NOVA program is so exciting. If people want to learn more about the NOVA program, what would you suggest to them? Well, first of all, they can go to the uh, NOVA Principles website. You gave that out earlier, www.novaprinciples.com. It's all lowercase and one word. And uh, I'm in Orem City here, they can call the Orem Police Department and actually contact me, and I can give them some more information about that as well. Okay. And uh, this is something that's being made available in the schools, uh, to police officers, to teachers, to others who are out there helping our kids to manage those risks yes. and helping the parents too. There's other resources available. Visit the websites, consult, do whatever you can to take charge of this. Charlie, thank you so much for joining me on today's program. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been a joy and a pleasure. And for all of you listeners out there, take what you're learning, get it into your shoes so that it walks around in your life and go out there and live on purpose. We'll be back next week.